friends, welcome to WrestleBuddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast filled with wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I am your host, Matt Elfring, and with me is a returning champion. He's back in the hot seat, my closest WrestleBuddy, Chris Hayner. Chris, how are you? Matt, I did it. I'm here. I'm back. I was gone. Uh, well, I guess I missed one episode, but I was out of work for two weeks because Matt just like you, I'm part of the COVID club now, baby. Oh, the COVID club. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be our last episode because we're bookending this show with COVID. This is not the last episode. It started with COVID. It ends with COVID. (laughs) Everybody wins. No, yeah, uh, I was out. I was out for down and out for a couple weeks, coughing my brains out uh, Mm -hmm. and unable to get out of bed. It was fun, but I'm, I'm feeling on the rebound now and I'm doing good, buddy. You were coughing the most. Uh, my wife and I called you, I think it was like the day after your diagnosis, and we were yeah, all talking on the phone. It was legit could, Thanksgiving Day. Oh, that's right. We called you on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And like, you I could, could not get a sentence out. I couldn't. And, and, and your wife, bless her, she's like, yeah, that's the COVID cough, all right. <laughs> she knew it. Yeah. And we're back in the saddle, and we have got what I would call a very half timely episode for you. What's going on, Chris? Well, Matt, later in the episode, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be putting a little bit of a spotlight on this uh, this really this underground web show that I feel like nobody knows about. Uh, mm. Being the elite, mm. Is that the for doctors, elite? yeah, it's being the elite, uh, a doctor's uh, web series, uh, and its new championship, the BTE World Championship, uh, which. Uh, you might think is a wrestling belt. What you will learn is that is certainly not the case. But uh, before that, uh, really just playing into how timely this episode is. Because in the wrestling world, timeliness is everything. And unless you're us. And you only care about things that were timely 20 years ago. Hey, editing Matt here. We had to cut out a bunch of stuff here because Chris's phone goes off with a a COVID alarm alert for the LA area. And uh, I start making jokes about wearing masks. And uh, there was a really good running gag for the rest of the episode. So I'm just going to, we're going to cut all that out. I'm just going to kind of jump you right into me being a big old jerk. Uh, That's it. We're in this podcast. When I go scuba diving, Chris, I don't wear a mask because that hurts my personal freedoms. It's true. I've drowned six times. My favorite thing about not wearing a mask is when uh, you drop tear gas grenades in a room uh, as a SWAT team member or whatever, and you just run in with your face big, wide, and free. My freedom! That's right. (laughs) It's my new character, the, the most patriotic wrestler. His name is Ma Freedom. Ma Freedom! And his, his, his tagline is, like, let freedom ring your <laughs> bell. And he punches you in the head. He shows up late to every match because he's on Ma Freedom time. That's right. <laughs> Which is when he wants to be there. Yeah. When do I get here? When I feel like it. <laughs> Ma so La Cruz! Gonna... <laughs> Ma La Cruz! <laughs> 
So yeah, we're going to be talking about the VTE Championship later, but before all of that... How much of that is going to get cut out is the real question. Oh my god, I hope all of it. No, some of it's really good. But before my freedom! All... <laughs> I need oh. this, Chris. Oh. Boy. But before all of that, Matt, we're presenting uh, one in what will hopefully be a series. Uh, this is this is titled uh, Timely Wrestling Podcast Segment. This week on Timely Wrestling Podcast Segment, we're going to be talking about whatever the heck is going on uh, between AEW, that's All Elite Wrestling, uh, if you're not down with the kids, uh, and Impact Wrestling, which is, if you're also still not down with the kids, TNA. Total nonstop action impact wrestling. Global force challenge. Global force GCW wrestling. wrestling. Nashville Fairgrounds pay-per-view wrestling. It's it's that wrestling promotion that I just started watching, even though it's been around forever. Did you not watch it in like the TNA heyday or anything like not that? Not at all. Like, do you do do you know the name Elix Skipper? No. If I if I said if I said, oh, Matt, you know, that group sports entertainment extreme, right? Sex. <laughs> Was my freedom about part of that? Matt, I don't know how to break it to you. Sports entertainment extreme was a real faction led in early day uh, uh, TNA led by Vince Russo. You have to realize, Chris, and we've talked about this before, Ruthless Aggression era, I was not watching wrestling at all. Uh, yeah, TNA has been around since the dawn of time. Uh, and, well, the dawn of, like, 2006. Which, to me, is the dawn of time at this point. A- absolutely. absolutely. 2020 has been 19 years long, mm-hmm. so TNA is technically 75 years old. Uh, it's math. Just accept it. Uh, but... the it's gotten really interesting again in recent months. And now it's kind of taking a weird other step. And, and that other step, Chris, yes. Uh, last week, this is, this would be the, ooh, let's do math. The December 2nd episode of uh, AEW uh, dynamite. Uh, oh, you mean the one that was titled uh game of Thrones episode? Oh my God. Can Matt, Matt, did you know winter is coming? You remember this completely when original concept? Everyone loved Game of Thrones. You remember that like nine years ago? Yeah. And then do you remember six years ago when everyone hated Game of Thrones? Well, it wasn't like six. I'd say like three. It was like one. It was last year. Was that year last year Game that it ended? I'm pretty sure it was a 2019 end. Oh, boy. And everybody hated it. So naturally, AEW is now trading on Game of Thrones because... They're kind of in the Warner Media family because they air on TNT. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I just realized it's TNT Dynamite. You just realized that? <laughs> yes. Welcome to the party, Chris. Is that, is, that, is that intentional? I'm pretty sure that's intentional. Wow. If not, it's accidental genius. Anyway. Winter is coming, and when, when they say winter, they mean sting because sting. Uh, well, and it's and it's winter because sting did not dye his hair. No, <laughs> just a winter. He was just wintry super locks. gray. Yeah, his wintry locks and his crow face paint. And he's also been blonde since I don't know forever. Technically, 
It's true. I wish he would have come back as Surfer Sting, honestly. Surfer Sting rules. Surfer Sting is the jam, and that would have been cool. But yeah, so the the whole the big big news out of uh, AEW colon Dynamite subtitle Winter is coming, a Warner Media production, uh, is that Sting is now in AEW. I know what you're thinking. Wow, they signed Sting. I can't wait to see all of the dream matches. Uh, except there aren't any, and also Sting doesn't wrestle anymore because didn't he, he had spinal stenosis, right? Yeah. Um, but evidently he's going to be a regular character. This is yet another uh, thing where AEW is just doing stuff WCW is doing. What can he do as a regular character? Hang out in the rafters? I mean, obviously, like, we'll eventually find out, but, like... Maybe he'll just sit in the bleachers with Darby Allen. Probably. And they'll, 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 like, he'll, he'll show Darby his bat, and Darby will show him his skateboard, and then they'll be best friends. <laughs> oh, and then they'll fight best friends. Well, just Darby, though. Well, but Sting will be there. Sting will hit people with a bat. That was my favorite thing about the, like, I, I understand that, like, Sting isn't the topic we're, we're talking about. Not in at segment. all. But, like, my favorite thing about that was, like, Sting walked out, pulled the bat out of his jacket, walked to the ring, walked up, and just stared at all the good guys, and then left. You that did was it. it. Yeah. Like, what does any of this mean? Like, and, and he's staring at them like, wow, I can't wait to see Sting fight Goldust. I can't wait to see Sting fight Cody. I can't wait to see Sting fight Darby. We're not gonna. And also, so do I don't, you want those Sting matches? Now? Like, I would, I'd love to see a 1989, 1992, 1993, 96, even 97, 98. I'd love to see a 90s or 80s Sting fight somebody. I don't uh, want to see like a 2020 see an, Sting. I'd like to see an early t- early years TNA Sting fight in the, any of these matches because he still had some of the magic. Yeah. Also, having him do a stare down with Arn Anderson, another former WCW wrestler that can't wrestle. I... I don't know what's going on, man. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Sting, even though we already have so much. And I love Sting. I, I do love Sting, too. And I, You know what? If he's working backstage to help guys or be a producer, like that's super that's awesome. fantastic. Absolutely. I would love that. I don't know if he needs to be on TV, personally. It'll be interesting to see where what role he ends up playing. Yeah. Maybe he can also... Uh, Maybe he can be like Tully Blanchard and also lead Sean Spears and FDR to the ring. Yeah. I said FDR like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR. He comes out in the wheelchair and he and serves. He beats people up with the tag title. <laughs> he serves three and a half terms as president. And he puts a little door on the front of his desk. Wasn't that FDR? Uh, probably. Sounds like it. <sighs> anyway, <Sometimes>. Don Callis. <laughs> Kenny Omega. <laughs> Don Callis and Kenny Omega, the FDR of Impact Wrestling. Kenny said... I don't even know what that means, honestly. He's got a big announcement, and he's going to see you on Tuesday, and everybody knows that Tuesday Night Wrestling is Impact Wrestling. Oh, yeah, so we should say Kenny Omega beat John Moxley. Uh, and by Kenny Omega, I'm, of course, you all know we're speaking about Kenneth Omega, uh, Pro Wrestling's Kenneth Omega. The cl- uh, beat- a man who cleans. Yes, he is a janitor, Kenny the Janitor Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat Jonathan Moxley, uh, who you might know as uh, Dean Ambrose. The Dean. From the Dean. The Dean. Dean the, De- Dean, the Dean Ambrose, uh, formerly of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., 
which is interesting because they carried shields in Game of Thrones. So maybe that was like a foretelling the, the winter. Oh, I thought he was part thing. of like the MCU. Dean, Dean the Dean? Well, Dean the Dean was part of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is part of the MCU. Because they had the oh, Tesseract. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like the Samuel L. Jackson of pro wrestling. Um, okay. So That's a weird... All right, okay, I'll, let, yeah. I'll let you have it. Yeah, it happens. Uh, so he... so. I feel like I'm getting very convoluted with this. Uh, Kenny Omega beat John Moxley through nefarious means to become the AEW champion. Uh, he pretended he was hurt. Don Callis handed him a microphone, and then Kenny hit uh, Moxley in the head with it, and then kneed him in the head 7,000 times mm-hmm. for good measure. Uh, to win the title, uh, Moxley bled everywhere because Moxley bleeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they ran away, and they the I think it was... Marvez trying to get a hold of him backstage, be like, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" And Don Callis uh, was like, "You'll find out Tuesday." And he's like, "Well, Dynamite's on Wednesday." He's like, "That's because we're going to Impact on Access TV." And then, and collectively, all of our minds exploded because honestly, I thought the match wasn't it wasn't up to snuff with what we wanted. No, for an Omega versus Moxley match. Uh, the shenanigans ending I thought was kind of weak. It's also kind of a, it's truly kind of a bummer ending to what has been a really great championship reign. Mm-hmm. And it's also AEW's done, been AEW's building of Kenny Omega over the last however long has been in, in like insanely questionable. Yeah, it's not good. It hasn't been good. He is in my mind the greatest singles competitor of this generation. Uh, And he has just been, I feel like not there when it comes to AEW programming, like his, his go ahead. But, but beyond that, like, I feel like AEW has been, has done this thing where, and it's, it's weirdly, it's only happened with the EVPs, the bucks, Cody and uh, Kenny it looks like they keep trying, they keep waffling back and forth, but between whether they're turning heel or turning face. Yeah. Like, remember, do you remember like two months ago when the bucks were turning heel and super kicking people backstage and then throwing money at people? Yes. That And then that just magically stopped. Do you remember when Cody was showing heel like tendencies and sort of split off from the elite? And then that just kind of stopped. It's been wildly inconsistent storytelling for all of these characters that are supposed to be sort of uh, the brains behind the company and the biggest stars of the company. But all their storytelling has been so inconsistent that, like, I don't know, it just it's not working. Well, I think that's where we get to a point where, like, I think there's a lot of good that comes out of wrestlers running a wrestling promotion. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think this is one of those major like, oh, Here's where the faults lay. Uh, when you when you have the EVPs running, you know, or wrestlers running the show, mm-hmm. they're going to get lost in their own stories. They're not going to know what to do with themselves because if you push yourself too hard, well, you know, that's just narcissism or whatever. Uh, if you don't push yourself hard enough, well, you're a huge star. You should be in the spotlight, too. There's no easy middle ground for these guys in the eyes of fans. Well, and that's the thing, and that while that's true, there should be some sort of consistency yes. in terms of whether or not you're evil or not. Yeah. 
like it, the the wishy washy jumping back and forth. It's like everyone likes to hassle the Big Show's career because he was constantly a babyface or a heel, just depending on the week. Yeah. But that's exactly what AEW is doing with several of its top stars. Yeah. And it gets rough. Like, and I know if it's it's the sort of thing where if you say if you brought it up to someone like Cody, he'd be like, Well, we're we're past the era of good guy versus bad guys. Like, yeah, but we're not. He's at also all. said that numerous times, and I don't I I follow Cody on the Twitters, so do you. Uh he gets very defensive about when stuff isn't going. 100 percent we'll say oh i've i've found that out personally when yeah. he's replied to my tweets <laughs> yeah uh but like i'm here to tell you cody you're wrong about chair shots in AEW, and you sh- and all of you should be ashamed uh but that's neither here nor there we were that getting is, way off on a tangent but i think it is because like i want aew to be successful be right and i it, it's being successful as a relatively large fish in a small pond, mm-hmm. but it's having zero success getting out of that small pond. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, bringing in Sting to stand around with a baseball bat isn't going to fix that. That's not going to bring. Whole, that's a whole other topic. I'm so sorry, Matt. I, and, I, and I will very quickly say this: Sting is not going to bring back people who have been disenchanted by wrestling for the past ten years. It's not going to no. bring those people. Those people are already watching if they still like wrestling. Jumping over, they don't care. They don't care. Like Sting, like WCW, WCW went out of business twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to grab onto? Mm-hmm. Like However, those people are in their forties now. Going to Impact will bring a lot of eyes to Impact. I don't know what it's going to do for AEW. <sighs> you know, I it, I don't think it does. It doesn't do nearly as many favors for AEW as it does for Impact, yeah. but. It makes it makes AEW and Impact both very interesting talking points. Yeah. In a time where honestly, uh, if Kenny had just won the title through nefarious means and that was that, it would have been a talking point for a couple of days mm-hmm. and then faded. Now none of us really know what's going on. We like as as we sit here currently, we are post Kenny's fr- only maybe, but definitely first uh, appearance on Impact. Well, as this episode airs, we should say. As this episode airs, yes. Uh, Matt and I have seen it. It's it. It was fine, but it wasn't ground. It wasn't the groundbreaking thing we were hoping for. But who knows what happens from here on out? Mm -hmm. I will just kind of if you missed Impact because Access TV is hard to uh, find for some people. uh, Don Callis and uh, Kenny Omega show up in an RV, and God, I forgot who's interviewing them. it's Josh Matthews. Josh Matthews. I can never remember his name. I always wanted to call him James. Josh Matthews interviewing them as they take the AEW World Heavyweight Championship and change it from John Moxley to Kenny Omega. That's that's the You know, segment. that thing that WWE does in a YouTube video anytime there's a new champion. Yeah, WWE exclusive. It's Come on, yeah. buddy. It's all exclusive. Calm down. Yeah, you own it. It's you. <laughs> it's literally you. Um. And yeah, that's that's cool, but like, I I feel like we as fans hyped up what to expect from the Impact appearance maybe a little too much. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Because uh, like we knew going in that Impact had already taped out the rest of its the rest of its episodes for the year. Mm-hmm. Like they're already in the can, so like there's only so much they could do. It would have been great 
if uh, this impact appearance would have included Kenny Omega walking to the ring on the imp- on the impact set. Yeah. Which they could have done because the impact set is no fans. It's empty. Yeah. So like they could have just queued up his music and his video and had him walk to the ring with Don Callis and deliver the promo there. I think that would have had more of an <laughs> more of an impact, if you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, bam. Um, but like it ultimately it's fine. And Kenny, you know, and it was the the entire purpose of it was for Kenny to say, you know, we're gonna do something even bigger tomorrow night on Dynamite. Which Okay, it 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 gets people to look at Impact, and this Impact episode had some really interesting faces and matches in it, so that's cool. I hope more people watch Impact after this, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. And now what happens? Does someone from AEW come to Dynamite? Is that what the bigger announcement is? How about you bring over some of that women's division from Impact to AEW and give them a shot too? Because. Uh... Impact's women's division's fantastic, and there are not enough eyes on it. That's just me, maybe. That's that's very true, but I must be honest. It's going to be like the Good Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Which, that's fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Give me, If you want to do a Good Brothers versus Young Bucks match, bring it on. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Right? Like, who doesn't want that? Um, but, yeah, it's 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 interesting what, what AEW and Impact are doing. Um, and I'm I'm hopeful that it leads to bigger things because also it's to the benefit of both companies to work together. Yeah. Because as much as Impact likes to, uh, no, as much as AEW likes to talk about beating NXT in the ratings every week, it it's we've talked about this before. The comparison is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like uh, NXT is fantastic, but it is also still the underexposed stars of WWE. Versus Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, uh, Jake Hager, uh, like any number of WWE people. Plus, Arn Anderson is there every week. Cody Rhodes is there every week. Plus, Sting. Sting is there now. And they that Sting's special appearance caused them to break a million viewers. Which is great for them, but also let's not have a magical war with NXT when, like, come on. I mean, yeah, it, it does. Come on. And also, I'm saying it now, Dynamite's not going to pull another million viewers this week. No. Like, they they super hyped the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones episode of Dynamite. That brought more people in. They, they had things booked that people were interested in. Now, it's like Sting will speak for the first time. We've heard Sting speak millions of times. Uh, Shaq is going to be on the episode. Why? Who cares? Like, <laughs> like yet another WCW playbook move. Let's bring in an overexposed NBA player. Well, what's probably what might happen, what they could have an impact star on this week, but having an impact star on AEW programming is not going to bring eyes to AEW that already aren't there. That's the thing. But it makes them an inch. It, it, like it, it keeps them a relevant talking point, which is what I think they yeah. they they're hoping to get out of it. Uh, especially at a time when like it's hard to be a relevant talking point in pro wrestling because everything is still so weird due to COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest talking point is <laughs> WWE has a baseball field they play on. That's the news. It looks cool though. It looks cool though. <laughs> also, they don't let people have Twitch accounts. Screw you, wrestlers. <sighs> Something about unionization. 
But uh, it's, I will say, it has me interested in what's going on with AEW. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. But like, I really hope whatever they have planned delivers on the intrigue that's being built up in all of our minds. Yeah. I, I And this could only, hopefully, it's good for wrestling as a whole. And hopefully puts wrestling back much more back into the mainstream like it used to be i think that's the that's the number one problem i don't think wwe and aew are really seeing is that while these companies wwe especially is making money you know hand over fist they're not realizing that there is a huge audience out there that they're not grabbing there are people that watch you know ufc or boxing or watch superhero shows or things like that that they could pull in to be a part of that weekly audience. I, I think that's their biggest problem is they're not getting the average Joe back into wrestling like they used to. Well, ab- absolutely. And I will say, uh, Matt, you listened to it this morning. I listened to it last night. Uh, CM Punk. Yeah. Is on uh, Renee Paquette, formerly known as Renee Young's podcast. And it's the first time I feel like he's, openly stated that he's down to come back for the right story or the right paycheck. Mm-hmm. And if AEW is going to be spending money on people like sting who can't work a match, you should be, you should be spending some of that money and putting uh, a thoughtful storyline together for someone like punk who that is someone I feel that could legitimately move the needle because mm-hmm. he can wrestle. And, and being the home of CM Punk's return to professional wrestling would be amazing. And honestly, now that they got Kenny Omega as a heel champion, claiming he's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Come on. Come on. But haven't, and this, this is all I think uh, he said, she said type stuff, but or he said, he said, I should say. But I've been hearing, ba- I've read back and forth from quotes from CM Punk and Cody saying that they couldn't come to a, a deal between each other for numerous reasons. So at what point right. will would CM Punk actually... I don't think CM Punk would work for them. It doesn't seem like it. I think he would, I th- but I think also like the timing has been... I think he doesn't want to work a full-time wrestling schedule, no. obviously. He's very invested in becoming like an actor now. Yeah. Uh, and not not a movie star, but like just acting. He likes playing roles. He, I think he just uh, likes <laughs> working and trying new things. I mean, yeah, he likes he likes experimenting and figuring stuff out. And I think that's what he he seems to be very much along the lines of taking the same track as Batista. Yeah, where it's not about becoming a huge action star; it's about playing interesting characters and trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. Which that's cool. Um, I think. Obviously, it's like I don't know. I can't speak to whatever the money situation is uh, and what it would take to bring him back. But like that is that that already to me is infinitely more interesting than bringing in yet another person who can't wrestle onto your wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I as much as I didn't love the match with uh, Moxley and Omega, I love the idea of a, a true heel Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but like he need I need him to be less of the sort of the jokey heel we saw on Impact like that kind of cocky first episode of BTE type heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want like if you can give me like because Kenny Omega, Matt, you said it. He is one of, if not the most, talented 
wrestlers on the planet. I, I'm, I'm saying of stop. this current generation, he is the best. And I would love to see that Kenny hard edged evil, like making a serious run with the world title because also world titles are more interesting when the bad guy has them and the mm-hmm. good guys chasing for them. So, you know, here's hoping, here's hoping this is where it's going for a while. And I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, all we can say at this point is we'll see, and I'm sure something happened on dynamite. Cause we are recording this the day before dynamite. Oh, you said happens. it wrong, Matt. It's dynamite. dynamite. Uh, yeah, we recorded this the day before dynamite and hours before, uh, impact aired, although we have already watched impact. So uh, we'll see. This is more of a state of the union, I guess, than anything else about where these partnerships should go, uh, how they could play out. I wouldn't mind seeing Ring of Honor get in the mix, but I think Ring of Honor at this Ooh. point is so. They've lost a lot of uh, a lot of pull in the industry over yeah. the past like two years, three years. It's ever ever since AEW became a thing, to be honest, because the elite was what the driving force of Ring of Honor. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and I like I like that you call it sort of a state of the union because honestly, uh, what AEW and Impact have done ha- is set up something that could they AEW likes to talk about revolution a lot, mm-hmm. like we're a revolution in wrestling, where it's very everything's revolution this, revolution that. It's not. <laughs> it's just, it's another wrestling show with a with a an insanely talented roster, but like there's really nothing revolutionary happening yet. No, this depending on how far they're planning to take, it could be that bit of that little spark of revolution where it's like, Oh, how are we changing the, how are we legitimately changing the industry? Two televised companies are working together to create something interesting which wwf and ecw did in 1996 <laughs> they did but it was it wasn't to a it wasn't to like a ma- a huge degree or anything like no. it depending on how willing aew and impact are to work together like this could be so much fun i'd say the major difference between what happened with raw and ecw and impact and aew is that you already we've already had aew's champion world heavyweight champion on impact television which and the and the the head of impact on impact tv calling kenny omega the real world champion yeah which is kind of a slap in the face to the impact world champion well but then you're 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 saying things like that to get eyes on your product though so i think that you can give a little like that you know Mm, also i just want to know uh the AEW World Championship has never been defended outside of the United States, so Ooh. is it a world championship? Are, 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 are any of these championships world championships? IG, I, I'll say, I will IWGP say IWGP is. Uh, I mean, the WWE World Championship has been defended around the world. Yeah. Um, I will also say this. Uh, it, the reason that always comes to mind is because... Uh, all all independents have world championship. Mm. They all have, have their world title. Uh, PWG had a world championship, and then they did a series of shows around Europe, and it was called PWG's European Vacation. Uh-huh. 
And that is when they finally, they were like, now it really is a world championship because we went all the way over an ocean to defend it. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. So it always, it always comes to mind when you're like, yeah, I'm the world champion. It's like, okay, you won it in Florida and you defended it in Florida. I think that's a good place to end it, Chris, is talking about championships because that's going to move us right into another. The elite. The, the elite. My freedom. Oh God, no! It's gonna move us. My freedom. You again? I was just sitting back here thinking about all the things I'd do for this country. I was just sitting on the dock of the bay, (laughs) watching the tide roll away. Just sitting on the dock of the bay. Wasting time. That's my freedom's other thing is he just quotes Otis Redding all the time. <laughs> yeah. But unknowingly quotes Otis Redding. Yeah, he has no <laughs> clue. Chris, we're here to talk about a a championship belt uh, that appears on the YouTube. It's a good looking one. What? Too. It's a good-looking belt that appears on being the elite BTE, and you never have to wrestle to win it. You sure don't. What a weird wrestling title that involves zero wrestling. It's like the it's like the belts that my buddies and I talk about making, where we all have to do silly challenges to win it. Anyone who loves this, but also craps on the twenty four seven championship. Can get right. Yeah, out I of love here. both of them equally. Um, uh-huh. Up and down, down championships. It's the same. It's very similar to uh, up and down, down. Matt, what? Matt. Sorry, left, right, left, right. The left, right, left, right championship. Apologies. The left, right, left, right championship. It's I as as the left, right, left, right ambassador to Wrestle Buddies Nation. Mm-hmm. I felt it was important to say something. I appreciate you correcting me, and mm-hmm. uh, and doing so in a way that did not take away from my freedom. so the bte championship is just it's just challenges it's not wrestling it's it's one of the purest it's uno and mini golf and gator golf it's so weird it's so weird but it's so much fun when they and that when the young bucks were first like we're doing a bte championship belt i kind of got afraid Because it seemed like too much, and it is too much, but in an entertaining way. It's, it's become a vehicle for John Silver to be silly. Which I, yes, you know what? Can we just call it being the silver? Yeah, being the silver. BT, BTS. Oh, oh boy. Like that, like that pop, like that K-pop. Oh, group, I can't right? do that. Oh, that's right. You don't like BTS. They're the one you They're hate. They're the one K-pop band I am not into. It's okay. I'm not into any of them. So That's okay too. I'm on your side. I'll take I'll take your side of this argument. No, Get out of here, BTS. Unless you mean being the silver. Being the silver. So they the, the first round was like it was what, 16 people playing Gator Golf at the Daily Center, mm-hmm. which is just a a kids mini golf game. So Trent won it first from the uh, the mini golf. I should say Trent because there is a question mark at the end. Trent of his name. question mark of Best friends. Best friends. Featuring Orange Cassidy. 
And then the, the then the guys went and did a, uh, a meme that all the kids were loving like 10 years ago, which is the bottle flip. Uh, John yeah. Silver and Trent. And John Silver won. That's right. John he Silver. Forever BTE champion in my book, baby. <laughs> uh, for, from there, they had a tournament for the number one contendership to eat the the one chip that's really super spicy. Trent won again. Mm-hmm. A Trent, Trent, uh, and then John Silver and Trent had a mustard packet throwing competition where they threw Good mustard Lord. packets into a a cup of water or a bowl of water. Clearly, it's just like we're bored backstage. We gotta have something to do. This is what we're doing. Yeah, it's it's the we're bored backstage uh, championship. Uh, I mean, this week there was a number one contendership where they played Uno. That's right. But what I do like about... Really interesting. I wonder where they got the idea to play Uno as if they were having some kind of da-party. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to uh, say... I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, man. I'm not going to do it. What da I do... Party. Okay. <laughs> what what I like... Party. What I, what I like about the BT championship is the fact that for the first time, I feel like in a long time, we're kind of getting old school being the elite where it's dudes backstage hanging out. Like, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, for the most part. Ooh, I don't want to get negative, but like, I really, I like, I like what they're doing with the BT championship. And I mm-hmm. like that. It seems to be sort of centered in on a smaller group of people. Yeah. Because I feel like BT has very lost its way uh, quite <laughs> BT, a bit of the time. BT is a very weird thing. That I, I, I enjoy it, but... It but it's, to... not, it's not what it was. It has become... Uh, I mentioned this before we started recording, Matt. Mm-hmm. It is, or maybe even earlier in this episode. Who knows? It has become a microcosm of one of AEW's biggest problems, which is not a lot of TV time way too many people to try to cram into it yeah. and that's why AEW dark has like 17 matches every week because AEW's roster is so out of control big and they have nothing to do with all these people mm-hmm. meanwhile bte ha- is still a 25 minute episode every week but the roster is so big and there's so many running gags and segments that like it's it's very difficult to keep everything straight but beyond that it's so many people and almost and not the core people from back like that were there originally like it's always been a rotating cast but like i feel like even this even the bucks and kenny omega have taken a back seat to a lot of what's going on and it's just that doesn't hold my interest nearly as much it it does feel like BTE has much more become private party, dark order, best friends. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, which is and Matt Hardy. It's so much Matt, Matt Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Which, and if you take a look at the evolution of what BTE originally was, I, it Matt, Nick and Kenny on the road. And occasionally like, uh, I think it was like the first four episodes. There was like one funny moment. And the rest of it was just, here's a travel vlog. And eventually it became my favorite, you know, I guess era of BTE is when 
it's half travel vlog about going around the world wrestling, which you cannot do right now at all. Um, and the other half was just kind of funny sketches and storylines. Well, I mean, I think we, I think we all agree that sort of the Zenith of uh, BTE was the era of the elite when it was the bucks, Kenny, Cody, Marty and hangman. Yeah. And that, and it was just, it was them like going to cracker barrel, goofing off and having fun on the road, which you can't do right now. Mm-mm. But at the same time, I feel like you could do versions of that, but that's not what BTE is anymore. BTE is now this weird, almost SNL of like people not being used on AEW television. Yeah. Doing sketches. I agree that uh, it's, 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 it's a nice sort of taste of what BTE used to be, which is good. It's just that I feel like there's this overarching thing where BTE doesn't feel like an elite product anymore. It feels like an AEW product, which yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. It just, it doesn't feel as, it feels more like a corporate product to me now that is a tool used to get over everyone that they don't have time to get over on television. Which again, yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. It's fine. It's just a different kind of show. Uh, but I do agree with you that the cha- the BTE Championship is sort of the kind of silly fun idea that would have happened on BTE of old. All right, Matt, we got a question this week. It's coming from Donnie Letterer. You know Donnie Letterer. I do know Donnie. Uh, as I've said before, you can find him online at his super cool website, Five Star Blog Splash. Still my favorite name for a thing. He says, hey, friends, mailbag question. Do you remember during the last few months of pre-buyout WCW when they had some breakout performances? I remember Sugar Shane Helms and uh palumbo and o'hare specifically getting huge pushes matt i don't know about you 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 might not have been watching at this time but i absolutely remember pre-buyout wcw i was going to shows because wcw shows were i saw um a nitro and thunder taping for twenty dollars really good seats i went to a bash at the beach did you say good seats good seats 20 bucks not f- like not floor, but right next to the floor. That's and, awesome. Um, I went to Bash at the Beach for forty dollars. Um, that's when Norman Smiley fought Terry Funk backstage for the Hardcore Championship. Mm. Uh, I went a lot because it was super cheap. I wasn't watching as regularly, but I was right. going anytime they were in Chicago. It's I never got to go to a WCW show, and it still breaks my heart because I would have loved to. Like, and what's weird is like, I don't really care so much about going to WCW at its height when like the NWO is running yeah. things. Like, I don't want to go to that. I wanted to go to like WCW Sin or yes. like. Sin was the last pay per view was it Greed. Pay-per-view. What? Greed. Oh my God, Greed. It was Sin or Greed was the last pay per view and they're both mm, chef's kiss. Uh, New Blood Rising. Like, I would have loved to go to one of those shows. Um, I. Yes. Here's the thing. Latter-day WCW is bad. There's a lot of bad, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of good. Like 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 Donnie mentioned, the the rise of Sugar Shane Helms, who, as we know, eventually became who he eventually told us to stand back because there was a hurricane coming through. Vince McMahon. Uh, he, uh, our very <laughs> Hulk Hogan on bass guitar, baby. <laughs> stand back. There's a hurricane on the loose, Chris. It's on the loose. Oh boy. 
Um, uh, a, a team that always stands out in my mind from that era, not because they were good, but because they were bad, was Chronic, uh, who post-buyout lasted one match. Mm-hmm. They had one match in WWE uh, against The Undertaker and Kane, and it was the worst match ever. Ever? It was terrible. It was... It, it, Matt, if you... I, I, I highly recommend going back and watching... Uh, chronic versus the brothers of destruction it's garbage and i believe chronic was fired like the next day good uh this is also the era of uh the chosen one wow jeff jarrett yeah uh well this is era number two for him i'd say because again i'm watching 1995 wwf that's the first era of jeff jarrett yeah, this is Jeff Jarrett. This is like the third or fourth era of Ew, Jeff Jarrett. It never ends. Uh, everything after the long-haired country singer, it's all the same, though. Yeah. It's just slap a dude nuts. swinging a guitar, calling people slap nuts. Uh, there's, in one of the WCW documentaries WWE's done, they, they interview Mike Graham, who had the most succinct thing to say about Jeff Jarrett. It was so, it was, mwah, it was perfect. He says, Swung a thousand, broke a thousand guitars over people's heads, never drew a dime. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, first of all, that is ice cold, Mike Graham, but also, yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Jeff Jarrett was never, Jeff Jarrett never became that main event draw. No. He just never did. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, <sighs> Latter-day WCW is fun. It's I great. I wish, I <sighs> I wish more people watched it. I wish more people would watch it now. Honestly, Matt, we could do a whole episode. We should we should do a whole episode that's just the WCW Greed episode where we just talk about that last pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd also like to uh I'll do the final year of WCW. Oh my uh, god, yeah. Run through all 79 people that were world champion. Oh god. Remember when they just the belt just flip-flopped from week to week to week? Yes. Remember when David Arquette became world champion and then boasted about it to Kurt Russell? That wasn't the final year, though, was it? No, but we that talked like about that. It was a year hilarious. and a half before. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the as as much as it's easy, it's very easy to clown on the last year of WCW as the company sort of faded into obscurity forever. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good stuff. It was the rise of Booker T to add to a main event level. First Which of all, should have been much earlier, should have been much earlier. Also, that might be the thing WCW should be remembered most for is the character Booker T. You can look, it's like, yeah, Goldberg, Sting, the NWO, uh, Booker T going from like sort of perpetual tag team wrestler to bona fide, legitimate, believable world champion. Mm-hmm. And and like that solidified his career forever. Yeah. Booker T is a Hall of Famer. Booker T is the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion, sucker. So, yeah, like, yes, Donnie, you're right. Uh, Sugar Shane, absolutely. Uh, although Sugar Shane, arguably not as good as three-count Shane Helms. I love three-count Shane Helms. I know you do. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Love me some three-count. But, uh, yeah, there's a there's... As much as WCW mismanaged its way out of business, there's still a lot of good stuff buried yeah. in there. 
So go back and go back and watch it and just avoid stuff like Judy Bagwell on a pole. No, watch that too. Okay. <laughs> uh, and not on a pole, by the way. They called it Judy Bagwell on a pole. It was Judy Bagwell on a forklift. Yes. Yeah. But everything God, was on a pole dumb. at that point. So we just yeah. called it on a pole. I just, I just think I remember maybe, maybe one of the most offensive things in wrestling at the time uh the pinata on a pole match oh god when yeah. uh ed ferrara as too? oklahoma was just yelling hoovy 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 <laughs> like a friggin' idiot on the side and that's where we're gonna leave it this week and make sure guys that let's just talk about it. the end of the year is coming up december 31st we will have a very special episode for you that chris and i have vaguely talked about together it's it's the WrestleBuddy Awards, the first annual. All the special guests will be here, like Chris and Matt. You don't want to miss out on the buddieses. The buddiesies. That's right. We, we discussed vaguely how to how to pronounce it, and we came up with the buddiesies. Yep. Uh, who will win? Who will win them? I don't know, but I'd better win one because I'm writing a speech, whether I win or not. I have never won an award in my life. I've been nominated for numerous awards in my, in my time as a, as a comedian. And I have never won. I've never been nominated for an award. So I don't know how this works. You get, well, people nominate you and then people, and somebody votes for you. Oh, we should put together some polls for things to vote on. We should. We'll figure, we'll figure figure this out out. so you guys don't have to, but what you should do is rate and review us on the Apple podcast app. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Got it in there. Booyah. COVID be damned. I'm still sharp as a tack. Any, that's your final word? That's right. Robocop. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.